Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Second hour of the show is here. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Recapping a big football weekend. We hit the NFL headlines. Plenty more to discuss there. Coming up in an hour, we give our full thoughts and analysis of a Titans disaster uh, just across the Cumberland River as we broadcast live here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. College football on full display this weekend as well. Oregon wins the weekend. A&M survives and plenty of SEC football to discuss. But how about the Oregon Ducks going on the road and beating Ohio State for the first time? And it was probably the worst thing uh, that could happen if you are a team like a Texas A&M or one of these other teams that hopes to be a, a multiple conference bid team into the four-team playoff because everyone immediately thinks, boy, now awful for Ohio State. Ohio State's still going to win the Big Ten. I fully expect that to happen. And a one-loss Big Ten champion is going to be in that playoff. And now Oregon just announced their presence right there in the playoff mix as the champion of the Pac-12 if they go on to even lose one game and win the Pac-12 they're probably getting in the playoff also. I think that sh- could shut the door on um, a- another conference or a second SEC team from getting in the playoff. We'll see how it all plays out. You don't want to take too much away from the national playoff picture this early in the season, but you can't take enough away from the fact that Mario Cristobal and him installing this SEC-like ground-and-pound, out-physical-you style of play in Eugene – that we did not see under Chip Kelly, under Mark Helfrich, it's starting to work. Guys, they went to Columbus and won that game start to finish. They were ahead the entire game. That was really never in doubt. You're right. They just went up there and won, and they did it without their top five pick on, at the defensive line Well, they were in Thibodeau. Well, Thibodeau was out, but they were missing a couple of guys defensively, yep. and they still got after Ohio State. They forced the freshmen into a lot of mental errors throughout that game. Uh, and, and you're right. They, they closed it out in the end, but you really never felt like momentum was not on their side. It's also a, yet another example of, in college football, you are as good as your quarterback. And as great as that Ohio State program is, you can't just plug and play anyone and beat anyone. When you go up against good competition, nine times out of ten, it's going to come down to your quarterback making plays and making good decisions. And I think they're going to be fine at quarterback at Ohio State. Yes, but when you, when you have a freshman quarterback in there and they make a few mistakes against a team as good as what you're going to lose. It's really that simple. As great as, of a job as Ryan Day has done, and they're going to go on to win probably pretty much every game the rest of the way because that program is so good and they have so much talent, you are still in many ways, especially in college football, the way these offenses operate now, you're as good as your quarterback at times. Chad, here's the bigger issue for Ohio State. It's their defense. Kerry Coombs right now has been a bust as their defensive coordinator. Over their last three games, they have allowed 39 points per game, and they're allowing 511 yards per game. 
Kerry Combs may be out the door sooner than or quicker than he entered this uh, scenario at Ohio State. Well, based on what we just saw in Nashville, defending DeAndre Hopkins, it has not been a fit. They, they could use him in the secondary back in Nashville where he came came from. Speaking of nine times out of ten, Chad, I mean. That's how long it took for Oregon to break through against Ohio State, and that's all you heard going into that game and why nobody was giving Oregon a chance is because nine times they'd, they'd played Ohio State and, and not broken through. Let me also say, 15-point underdogs. This, Ohio State fans, cover your ears. <laughs> I'm about to get you pissed off for greatness. That win is terrific for college football. Terrific. I think so, too. Because Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama – and Oklahoma have a damn monopoly on the college they football need playoff. To lose. And you need someone else going into a place like Columbus and winning a game when you're a double-digit underdog when no one thought you were going to win to keep interest in the playoff. I am not interested in the college football playoff because I know who's going to be in it when you go into most years. When over 70% of the slots are, our slots are filled by those four teams, that's a problem for your sport. I think Oregon going to Columbus and winning is great for college football. Is great for it still doesn't have enough parity, but that's a good step in the right direction with that win. Well, and it validates Oregon as the program that can go on the road and do that for the Pac-12. Think about what that does for their conference. I thought the Pac-12, Washington's just not that good going on the road in Michigan. Um, and, and we knew Washington was that good when they lost to Montana. Well, But, but Colorado – Nearly pulled the upset at A and M, and we talked the week A&M. before about LSU losing at UCLA, right? And what a what right. a monumental it's been, it's win! Been that a nice one. start. For well, them. we're going to get into another game that was really good, even in a loss. We're great for the Pac twelve, uh, and that was Colorado's performance. Also, um, Utah's performance not so much against right. BYU. But this is what's really funny that, I, that my big takeaway from this weekend in the Pac twelve. Um, USC goes down to Stanford. Stanford looked awful in week one. Nice bounce back for David Shaw and them. Looked awful against Kansas State. USC has not looked very good so far this year. They lose to Stanford. Clay Helton's going to get fired at the end of the year, so USC's going to have a, a job. I'll probably get fired midseason if this continues. But who are the two teams we're talking about in the Pac-12? Chip Kelly's UCLA Bruins and Chip Kelly's former team in Oregon mm-hmm. that is doing something that's very not Chip Kelly-like, really in both places. UCLA's run game and the way they manhandled LSU. LSU is what we're talking about. I mean, it's a Chip Kelly offense. It's fast-paced. Well, it's all that. Both sides of the football. But they the way they them. played there, it's, it's a phys- in, in a league known for finesse, it's a physicality with Chip Kelly's former team in Oregon and Chip Kelly's new team with UCLA that could carry that conference this year. It, it, to me, that's pretty remarkable. The way college football is headed, that that's what we're talking about with those two Pac-12 teams. Haynes King was not playing well before he was injured. Uh, Then he was hurt, and things were going south quickly for Texas A&M. But they get a late touchdown, Chad. After fumbling late in the game, they get the late score, and they hang on to win uh, on on neutral ground, but on the road against Colorado uh, in Denver as A&M, number five in the country, probably stays there. Uh, for the next couple of weeks based on their schedule. Zach Calzada had a rough go uh, coming in for, for Haynes King in that game, and, and he made a nice throw in that wheel route uh, to win the game. I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. Do it. Um, watching that game, I'm thinking, is this what you paid for, A&M? With all the money and the new contract, 
for Jimbo Fisher. They're trailing Colorado 7-3 to the entire game. It was ugly. And I, I'm looking at offenses that hum all over the country. Weird, weird though, it was, it was an entertaining game for the score. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching, look, uh, Tennessee lost. But I'm watching Tennessee's offense with backups, <laughs> right? Backup quarterback, a third-string running back, uh, your star receiver's out, and they're moving the ball and scoring points, and they're playing fast against a good Pittsburgh defense. And I'm thinking, okay, you lost your starting quarterback. I get yeah. that. But you got to score points on Colorado. But again, Haynes King was not playing well up. before then. No. I, I just, they, they averaged four and a half yards per play for the game, only 260 yards of total offense. Uh, you, you think they get things corrected, and that maybe that's as bad as King can play if he's healthy. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they, defensively, they, they were fine. It was a slog. But they could do nothing against Colorado. Well, and look, I get it. Uh, success in recruiting and being the top dog in the state of Texas is a fickle thing. And, and being the top dog in the state of Texas can be a fickle thing if Texas ever gets it figured out. Um, when you're in it, but also not just Texas. You know, when Alabama's mm-hmm. coming into your state, when Oklahoma is, there's a lot of competitors out there that are very good competitors to get players out of that state. Jimbo Fisher is getting the best players from the state of Texas. There's a lot to be said for that. He had a very good season last year. I still think they're going to be a team that's going to contend for a playoff spot this year. But I'm watching offensive mind Jimbo Fisher, former offensive coordinator, score three points up until the last two minutes of that game but, to score the touchdown to win. I'm thinking, this is, that, this is not the ROI you would want right after that contract. But th- this is why I, I said they survived, because if they end up towards the end of the year with one loss and it's to Alabama, we're, we're not discussing Colorado and them only winning by but three as much. you said something about holding their position in the poll. I mean, they're two weeks away from Arkansas that just came off a pretty impressive win. I wouldn't be real confident about that game coming off of what they well, just did. Um, we'll get into Texas and Arkansas coming up because it deserves a thorough discussion because Arkansas just whipped Texas. Texas A&M is way better than should Texas. Be. Should I mean, they are. I, I, I mean, it should be way better. It should beat Arkansas. Watch Texas think. A&M's defense and then watch Texas's defense in the trenches. Uh, the A&M is going to be able to give t- Arkansas a, a much battle better game. Yeah. in the trenches if you've watched them play. Um, do we want to talk about Arkansas, Texas now? Coming up, or, we or will. We to, okay. Um, Texas A&M, defensively, on the flip side of that, I, I'm not impressed at all, you know, offensively. Uh, there's no way to be with what A&M was doing. Uh, that's going to give them a chance. Yes. Whoever they play. That defense and that, especially that defensive line and how big and physical they can be against anyone, that is going to always give them a chance. Right there with you. Uh, Coming up, we'll get into a variety of uh, SEC headlines and storylines. Just going back to the NFL uh, briefly, um, Paul, this is the day when we will see, or this is the week when we will see veterans signed across the league. Cam Newton, for instance, is available. He said over the weekend he does not want to retire. There have been injuries. For instance, Ryan Fitzpatrick injured his hip. Taylor Heineke had to come off the bench, nearly won the game for Washington. Uh, there was a bad fumble in that game, too, that, that, that kept them from, from uh, claiming victory over the Chargers. That and uh, just a great performance uh, by, by the, the Chargers late in that game. Um, and, and Justin Herbert, who made third down throw after third down throw. But no more guaranteed. Um, no more guaranteed contracts. Contracts. So you're week to week, even as a vested veteran, you're paid for the weeks you play. <clears throat> you don't have your full salary guaranteed. 
if you're on somebody's roster now. You do if you're on somebody's roster week one. That doesn't change the vaccination status thing, and that's been written about plenty. Peter King hit on it, uh, and we've discussed it. So Cam Newton as an attractive backup quarterback, it, he doesn't really cut it right now. You're going to take five days to get him in, and then a close contact could cost you five days, ten days, uh, a positive can cost you 10 days, uh, it's trouble. But a vaccinated veteran right now, um, if, if there's a good one out there, he's much more attractive right now than he was on Friday. Because it's not guaranteed. It's simply week to week, and that's why teams would wait one week uh, to, to get things going. How'd you guys do in fantasy this weekend? I am 13 points ahead going into tonight, and I've got uh, Daniel Carlson, Vegas kicker, and Baltimore's defense, and I'm going up against Lamar Jackson. So I've got a good shot, but I need Lamar Jackson to chill tonight. I did not do well in our uh, 360 league. I've done a little bit better elsewhere. I was very fortunate. Uh, I played uh, Reno, uh, Outkick 360 season ticket holder. He's in the, the 360 fantasy league. Very fortunate that his bench uh, included the top performers of the weekend. <laughs> oh. um, he, he, drafted, he, he drafted well. You can't play your bench week one. No, he got to play his bench week one. If he played his bench week one, I would have lost by 100 points. I mean, it was just that dominant of a performance. Reno's deep. (laughs) Well, now he's going to overthink everything. Well, I thought about, I know I've said we're not going to spend a lot of time on our own fantasy team. By the way, Jacob from our league asked Paul, what does it feel like to be 0-1 in fantasy? Oh, nice. I legitimately thought about. I've done it a lot of times. It's not that that bad. I've legitimately thought about uh, not starting Derrick Henry this week as the number three (laughs) overall pick in the league. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm serious because we talked about it all last week. He is a slow starter. No, we, no, no, no not game, all last week. I brought this up you months did. ago. You, throughout preseason about him not practicing he and being a slow He doesn't run starter. well in September. And I thought about start, And then I'm watching Jamar Chase, who I've got on the bench, and I'm thinking, boy, that would have been nice in place of Henry. Uh, there have been some other guys who would have been nice in place of Henry yesterday, too. Got to play the people you draft. If you draft a third overall guy, you got to yeah. play him. Well, I would have I uh, been very upset with myself had he had a, big, had a big game. He'll play him. Prediction. He will. Uh, well, now I'm going to keep playing him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Derrick Henry is going to win the game with uh, 500 yards rushing. Yeah. I can Look, see in that. October, I'm going to love it. I mean, <laughs> but, guys, I don't know if you check Come the clock, Halloween. But it's, it's September 13th. we got a little time until October. You like run game. Uh, you like Arkansas. Uh, games in the trenches. Uh, Arkansas just throttling Texas. And uh, across the SEC, Kentucky and Missouri was a game late on Saturday night that was very entertaining. We'll discuss Mississippi State. Uh, one of the games that Chad told you to pay attention to, Mississippi State and NC State. Those games and more. Thorough breakdown of SEC football next on OutKick 360. Parlay, our daily parlay with FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360, where you can go and place your first bet with FanDuel and you get 40 to 1 odds. You can do that through tonight. 40 to 1 odds. You bet $5 to win 200. You pick the outright winner on the Vegas Raiders or the Baltimore Ravens tonight on Monday Night Football, FanDuel Sportsbook the official partner of the NFL. Before we get back to some SEC headlines, Paul, the Titans have made some transactions today as uh, they begin their work week in preparation for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, they signed the two guys that were their regular call-ups from the practice squad for Sunday's game, Michael Pruitt, the uh, tight end who returned after signing with San Francisco but not making that team, and Bradley McDougald, 
the safety, which might suggest something about the physical state of, uh, um, come on, Hooker, um, who went out with a foot injury uh, during the course of the game. And they cut Badgley, the, the, the kicker, kicker, who was miserable. Chad knew that was happening. Who was miserable. And Tommy Hudson. Well, he knew that was, was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, if you want to see some good comedy, watch his reaction after the second kick and someone tries to go console him. Yeah. And he's just putting his ball cap on and he just looks at him and says, I'm good. Um, <laughs> Fully know what's about to happen right Game now. Check. It's, yeah, it's a, we've already we're done here. So they cut him and Tommy Hutz, Hudson, who was out uh, hurt. Um, so Pruitt gets Hudson's spot, and they're in the market for a kicker. Could be their practice squatter, who's also not very good. His name's Randy Bullock, and uh, no, he's he's no better. Now a lot um, of people are are like, why didn't they sign Guskowski? Well. I think they want Ficken to be their kicker. He's out at least three weeks. It's very presumptuous to say, oh, yeah, Guskowski will just come for three weeks. Like, who's to say Guskowski wants to come kick for three weeks? Now, maybe Guskowski would want to kick for the season. Like, if you said, hey, we'd like you to kick for us this season, he might say, okay, I'd like to sign for the season. But to presume that Goskowski's, uh, you know, a guy who's a big-time I mean, kicker for a long time this is the football wants business. to come and I, be your replacement for three weeks. I would say, hey, yeah, come kick for the season and then cut him after three weeks because that's the business of football if you well, really right. want to go back to Fick. But he knows, he knows the deal. <laughs> I mean, Goskowski knows. He's not guaranteed anything. Yeah, yeah come on, we'll sign you for the season. But he's oh, not sure, stupid. Yeah, that's, a, that's a full season contract, I promise. <laughs> he's not stupid. He knows the situation, right? So yeah. if you signed him back before Fick and won the job, he might have come, I'm saying, for a season-long opportunity now it's clear you're looking for a substitute if i'm gaskowski i'm probably not interested in being a substitute kicker for a couple well, of weeks. i would prefer the Titans sign keith bullock before randy bullock uh, at any point <laughs> i would so think that would do much. I, I, tuesday's tryout day i would think they would have several vaccinated kickers in tomorrow and i would think if you're an unvaccinated kicker you are incredibly stupid in terms of f- trying to find a job if you're an unvaccinated kicker you're, <laughs> you're just not a, a kicker you're an insurance agent <laughs> yeah. that can kick yes yeah. i mean that's not if someone you're an unvaccinated yeah, kicker you're a guy who kicks over at the high school someone stadium. who doesn't want to get the vaccine <laughs> that's also not thinking about kicking the nfl <laughs> right. that can kick that's you're a guy who kicks at the high school field every day right Chad, what a win by Arkansas over Texas. I did not see the lopsided victory uh, coming for the Razorbacks. Uh, Fantastic atmosphere on campus. Uh, uh, And it was a a great atmosphere as OutKick and Fox were on campus for this game. Um, 333 rushing yards to 147 for Texas. I, I ask you, is Arkansas back? Or is this just they were so hyped up for Texas that everything went into this game and this atmosphere. I don't know. Either way. Texas is definitely not back. Uh, We know that. And they shouldn't be in year one uh, under Sarkeesian. Uh, I don't know what Arkansas is back from because it's not a program that's had a ton of success since they joined the SEC in 1992. They've had spots of success here and there. It's a good program historically. Back from Uh, the depths to be relevant. It was a great program in the Southwest Conference. Um, But here's what Arkansas is, Hutton. They have an identity. Of all the coaching hires uh, a couple of years ago, when Arkansas hired Sam Pittman, I, I remember everyone, me included, thinking, man, I just kind of feel bad for Arkansas. This is the best they can do? Is the offensive line coach from Georgia, is it really who endorsed, that far? Who endorsed Isaiah Wilson? Yeah, also endor- <laughs> endorsed Isaiah Wilson. But who was a great college player. Isn't it amazing, though, that um, you hired the right guy who instills an identity with a team and how quickly that team and that fan base has gravitated towards that identity. 
And they're a good football team, and they're very well coached. Sam Pittman's a great football coach. I mean, right now, if I'm looking at great head coaches in college football, I know it's only you know a couple games in a year, too. He is doing a great job at Arkansas, and I watch that team, and they are extremely likable. The way they play and how hard they play for him, incredible job by Sam Pittman. It shocks me. Um, you know, we've talked about Scott Frost, coaching hires that when they have it, that's a no-brainer, that's going to succeed, don't even worry about it, and it ends up not working. Scott Frost, classic example. Sam Pittman, flip side of that, he gets hired, I'm thinking, well, you know, I guess Arkansas fans have nothing to do but sit back and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe this will just be okay. No one was expecting last year to happen with Arkansas. I don't think many were expecting this to happen at the start to this season. Just a great job by Sam Pittman that no one saw coming. Did you see the blocked punt? It was a block punt that that still traveled some, but it came out like a pass. Yeah. And then the guy just catches it on the fly. I've not seen one that came out like that. It was a very was cool odd. play. Uh, oh, 33-7 in the third quarter. I mean, this was not even close. They had six running backs at Arkansas this weekend that rushed for 44 yards or more. And the rare stat line, every single person that toted the rock averaged over six yards per carry. I mean, it did not matter. Should you be that, should you be that deep? Well, it, it, it didn't matter how deep they, their offensive line, their starting group up front, they were moving the line of scrimmage up five yards every time they snapped the football. This is yes. Sam Pittman's Dominant. MO. Yes. Sam Pittman's MO is great offensive line play, pushing people around, and they have quickly taken to that. I'm, I'm super impressed uh, with Arkansas and uh, super not impressed with Texas in that game. That was a no-show performance. I'm impressed by Mississippi State and their performance against NC State. This was a team that avoided disaster. It's similar in a way to what A&M did with Colorado, but in a much different scale where it was, what, 34-7 to or 34-14 against Louisiana Tech in the fourth quarter, and they came back rallied to win the game 35-34. Uh, that was in week one. And then against NC State, they forced three turnovers. They only allowed 10 points. And they look calm, cool, and collected. Big I mean, time kickoff return TD right there at the beginning, right? And then NC State runs a crazy jump pass, and they throw an interception into, into the end zone that seemed unnecessary. felt like they were trying to do too much from the beginning. Well, it was a great bounce back for Mississippi mm-hmm. State. That was not a good performance against Louisiana Tech, even though they, they bailed one out and had a come-from-behind win down 20 in the fourth quarter. Um, NC State – I said last week I was surprised they weren't favored in that game, and then I watch a lot of that game, and I say, oh, now I see why you're not favored. Because Dave Doran is eternally just good enough to not get fired. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to hear about NC State being contender in the ACC ever again. They're not. That, that is not a, a very good football team, and that is not a good coach. I'm sorry. Dave Doran, every single year I feel like I hear, NC State could surprise – NC State could be a surprise team. They've got some pros that have been in that program. Dave Doran is the perfect example of coach who is going to be just good enough to not get fired. Year in, year out. That, that is, if we talked about Sam Pittman's MO so far with Arkansas, physical ground attack and guys playing hard for him. To me, the MO for Dave Doran is just good enough to not get fired. And I think that process started once again by getting beaten easily by Mississippi State, a team that I don't think is going to be very good in the SEC. South Carolina uh, mentioned on Friday, this was a a game that uh, on paper, it did not stand out. South South Carolina, East Carolina. But they're on the road. They never 
actually had the lead until the clock hit triple zero as they hit a field goal as time expired to win 17-14. They trailed 14-0 on the road. That is a nice win for a Gamecocks uh, team that was in in desperate need of getting a win like this and validating kind of where they are right now if they want to build on what they did last season. Celebration was... uh, It was cool. Yeah, you would have thought they won won a a big bowl game. I hate to be uh, a Davy Downer here the entire time, but um, South Carolina, not good. I watched a lot of that game. That is a very bad football team, and they played another very bad. That is, that is a, a that's a historically down ECU team that they beat barely in that game. I get that South Carolina and South Carolina fans know where they are right now, but going into that game, you know, a lot of people that that was I know ECU was favored. I think which yes. surprised me. Uh, they were kind of the trendy pick. Um, that's those are two bad teams. Well, if you're ju- but if you're selling, hey, we're we're trending upward. We're we're still in the depths here, but we're trending upward. That's a game you can build on with some momentum as as you get off the field with a, a game winning kick. You there's a sigh of relief that you don't lose on the road to East Carolina. I think that uh, Shane Beamer, it, it's it's totally up in the air how good of a head coach he's going to be. You can't um, talk the way he talks and lose to East Carolina, though. No. And look, I, I think that Shane Beamer is one of those guys that if you look at his resume, he is not getting that job if his last name's with Roe Hutton or Kuharski. He's getting that job because he's Frank Beamer's son. So I go into situations like that skeptical. Uh, is this Derek Dooley who got the Tennessee job because he's Vince Dooley's son that's going to fail epically? at South Carolina, or is he legitimately a coach that's paid his dues uh, that's going to win big at South Carolina? Remains to be seen. But I will say this for Shane Beamer. He's done a good job getting positive press and momentum at South Carolina with a team that I don't think is any good this year. Um, and that's, that's half the battle because he's now in a state with a dominant presence in Clemson that's their chief rival within the state for recruiting. So you have to generate – some positive momentum, however you can. I think he's done a good job of doing that. Is this their Georgia week, or is it next week? It's this week. Okay, so that transitions us to the Bulldogs. Paul, guess how many yards per play this Bulldogs defense is allowing through two weeks? Three. 3.1. 3.1 yards per play. Now, (laughs) I mean... Who is their second game against? Somebody... Ridiculous. It, it didn't bad. matter. It was 56 to 7. UAB. UAB. Thank you, Chad. Um, 56 to 7. I mean, it's a bad program that they're facing, but still, they, they are only allowing 177 yards per game on average and 3.1 yards per play. That, that's all we need to say about Georgia UAB, but watch them as they now take on South Carolina. Just while we're on that, my annual plea, and I know <clears throat> we're coming to the end of this entry runway for college football season but we've got to find a solution these games can't be played auburn 62 alabama state zero west virginia 66 liu zero oklahoma 76 west carolina zero there aren't enough of those for the trade-off there are too many of those for the trade-off for jacksonville state 20 florida state 17 and i know it foots the bill but there's got to be a better way for it to work paul that was such weird timing on your tweet because it happened the moment that that jacksonville state play happened (laughs) i'm reading twitter and the whole reaction is that play and i see your tweet as it's happening saying these games can't happen um i'm with you there are better games to be had 
But my, oh, my, what a finish that was in that game and how awful of a look that was for Florida State on that final play. I'm watching it live. I turned you to ACC Network. every game live. They're all on simultaneously. I, I don't turn, know how you're watching I them turn, They all ended it right well, at the different time. There's two-minute increments when they were all wrapping up. It's Saturday not even night. that. It's not like I have a plan. that I, I'm going to watch the last two minutes this game, then watch the last two minutes this game. I'm following Twitter, and I'm seeing, and, and just I'm on the, ES, uh, the ESPN score app and seeing scores, and I see, oh, this is a one-score game, and Jacksonville State has the ball driving with a minute left. So I turn over there and see that play. I don't know how you don't tackle that guy. How that, how, first off, how that pass is complete and then how it's not just complete with two guys tackling him upon reception to end the game is beyond me. That was horrendous effort by Florida State. And that is a horrendous problem for Mike Norvell, who again, we're talking about Sam Pittman, a guy that no one was expecting big things from. Everyone was expecting big things from Mike Norvell with what he did at Memphis and taking over at Florida State. That was an effort issue. That was an intelligence issue at the end of that game. What a, I can't script a worse ending after the feel-good story of week one with Florida State and Mackenzie Milton coming in and playing that game and losing barely to Florida State, or uh, excuse me, Notre Dame, and thinking, oh, maybe this is going to be a better season than we expected from Florida State. Notre Dame then goes on to barely beat Toledo. So Notre Dame's got some issues. And both were all spent. And Florida State loses to Jacksonville State. Well, I mean, just an awful ending for the Seminoles. But congrats to Jacksonville State. And, Paul, that's, that's why – it's not why How these games many? happen. What's the trade These games happen to bridge the schedule and to give your coach some breathing room to get a couple easy wins. But the moment that it just completely backfires – and it turns on its, itself that way, you're always going to remember those games. I'm always going to remember watching that Jacksonville State. You know, it's not even a Hail Mary. It was just a, a go route that he caught, and two guys he almost it. tripped over each other and didn't even attempt to tackle them. I, I just wonder, like, if your kid played football, would you want to send them to, to Western Carolina to say, go lose to Oklahoma 76 and nothing so your program could get financed so you could have the, yes. the other fun? Absolutely. Really? If I'm playing in Western Carolina, I will never forget the day that I went to Norman, Oklahoma and played a game. You kidding me? That's a sales point to them when they're recruiting. Hey, guys, we go to Auburn this year. We go to Alabama next year. We go to Florida State. We go to Oklahoma. We go to Knoxville. You're going to get a chance to play in Neyland Stadium. You're going to get a chance to play in the big house. Yes. That is totally a sales point to those they do, kids. They do sell that. Um, I, it's, it's not something I want to buy. You get to, you get to go there. Well, I could go there and tour the stadium and not lose 76 to nothing, get my head bashed in. You got to sell but me Paul, a chance. You're playing to, in a game on these hallowed grounds. You got to sell football. me a chance in those hallowed grounds to compete. Well, here's the I'm selling you the chance. Jacksonville State just went to Florida State and won. That should never happen. Well, there's one and it every, just happened. There, there's one every blue moon. Let's do the math but on that's, how often it that's happens. sports. That's what I mean, you think Appalachian State isn't still selling the win in the big it's house one, to recruits? It, 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 recently it's been about that. once or twice a season. Montana you're saying this, Montana just beat Washington last week. ETSU just went to an SEC school right. and won by twenty. Um, so there's it, three in seven days. I mean, it's not that, seven days. Not that there's hallowed the grounds there, at Vanderbilt were, Stadium for those were, kids to play on. They probably have have played in more impressive places. In but still, school. that's a win over an SEC school. In middle school. I'm 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 in also frequent. I'm all for the non-conference games being Vanderbilt and Colorado, being Tennessee and Pittsburgh, 
instead of Alabama and Mercer. Alabama doesn't need to be playing Mercer. I, that's my whole. That, but 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 it's going to continue to happen until well, these we've talked about it. these conferences will schedule it out well, because they've got to the play their games against their people. To me, it's it's not just scheduling. It's um, it's coming together as one massive super conference and playing on this preferred schedule of where you have 50 plus 54 teams and you have this round robin approach to it and we've discussed that over the off season but until they get there they're going to fill these games with one or two of these per season and not not fcs opponents but one or two of these games where you know going in you're favored to win by 45 points right and 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 i don't like that the cost of that is that these programs potentially die i wish there was some other solution where they're they're funded but not funded by having to go lose 76 and nothing. Uh, it's callous to me to say, I don't care. It is not Alabama's fault that Mercer can't no, I, make money as an athletic program. Yeah, I, I don't care about that part of it either. Um, I don't, I don't it's just, either. It's, it's unique to college football, and I'm not saying that I, I wouldn't prefer these Power Five conferences getting together and only scheduling games against each other because that would make for a better product overall. But there is something about going to a score app and seeing an FCS team hanging in with a Power 5 team and tuning into that game like I did Saturday night and just being mesmerized by it. It's, it's a weird – it's like the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's a weird Cinderella March Madness feel to early season games. On the few occasions when that happens. Yeah, I'm very good I, I at scanning you. past all the shutouts. I, I, I grant you. But still, I'm not watching all of those games. I'll always oh, remember that Go that to the game. good one. But I mean, we don't. Meantime, we're not eliminating sixteen against on. one because sixteen's only won one time in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, but you're also not watching. I'm watching those games. The, the blowout sixteen tournament. versus one. No, I'm not watching Mercer, Alabama. Not at all. I was watching Kentucky, Missouri. That was a good game. It was and, fun. And they're, Chad, they're, they're, they were playing for more. To me, they're playing for more than just third place in the East in in Lexington the other night. This was. Uh, I'm I'm very high on Kentucky uh, and, and the new offense paired with the way they play defense. Will Levis, uh, he, he does more than just manage a game and he can really air it out on play action. Um, they, they have Wondell Robinson, who if he brings what he brought to the field on Saturday against Missouri, they are going to be explosive week in and week out. Missouri hung in a lot better than what I expected. I thought, and, and this this was a game that could have easily been 21-3, 21-7. I forget if Missouri got on the board first or not. Um, Paul, this this was a game that could have easily turned in Kentucky's favor in blowout fashion. Yeah. But they fumbled not once but twice on the goal line going in. And this was Chris Rodriguez who had 200 yards plus rushing. He scores a touchdown late where he actually fumbled and his offensive lineman recovered for the score. Kentucky held on and Missouri held in. And I was surprised by the way they were able to do that. I was surprised Kentucky didn't run away with it. And I, I felt like Kentucky overall is just faster, a faster team. They and, are and, a receiver. And for the difference, and their in offensive the, mentality for the fast. difference in the speed. I thought it should have been more than a touchdown game. Well, again, it would have been a. It was going to be a route if they don't fumble the way they did going into the end zone. It was a huge momentum turn with Missouri, and then they march down the field and go get points. The rest of the SEC needs Mark Stoops to take the USC job mm. or one of these other jobs or the Nebraska job if it opens up or, or whatever it may be because Kentucky's a problem. They've officially crossed over into problem territory. That's good. how good that's they good. are, and that's how Stay. they have, to me, a defined personality about them also. 
Um, Kentucky's really good. I, I, I don't know how good Missouri is. I think the final score was a little uh, deceiving also. But Tyler Beatty's really good. And that's a guy who can do everything for Missouri. So that was a fun game to watch. I don't think Kentucky's there with Georgia and Florida yet. But they're going to be a problem for almost everyone I don't know else. about Florida. Florida with their quarterback. If, are they going to turn to Richardson or not? If they don't hand – they need to give the reins to Richardson at quarterback. If they, t- they continue to go back and forth with Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, I, I think Kentucky can hang with them. We're going to know a lot more about Florida this coming Saturday. They host Alabama. Anthony Richardson, 467 yards of offense, total offense, 11 passes, 11 runs over the last two weeks. He's the better guy. He's the better option right now. But uh, they, they, they still say, Dan Mullen still says he's playing both quarterbacks um, as they face Tennessee. Coming up, we will discuss Tennessee and Vandy. And then we get into the Titans debacle and their loss uh, in, in blowout fashion as Arizona came in and just manhandled them. It was easy for Arizona yesterday against the Titans. All that more straight ahead on OutKick 360. Live across the OutKick network. Glad you're with us as we broadcast live from Florence, Alabama to Nashville, Tennessee and everywhere in between. Talking college football, NFL headlines, and much more. The Tennessee Power Hour straight ahead as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. We're going to talk Tennessee football in just a moment. First, though, the 360 parlay tonight where, guys, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple. We need a quick win, and, and because of that, I'm just going to. Two-leg parlay. I'm going over 23 points for the Vegas Raiders. That's the home team total. Over 23 points for the Las Vegas Raiders. They've won three straight home openers. Um, I'm expecting Baltimore to win, personally. That's why I didn't take the money line here and I didn't go over with the team total uh, or, or the over for the full game. Uh, but I'm taking the, the, the total there for the Raiders. And then quickly on San Francisco, plus the runner and a half, they're just the better team as they face the Padres. They are going bullpen day, and, and their, their pin has been outstanding. Um, I just think it's a, a one-run game. That's why I'm taking the run and a half. So, I'm, look, I'm taking the over 23 team total for Vegas and San Francisco Bay Area plus the run and a half tonight. That's the parlay. Let's $5 win. wins you fourteen ninety one. Let's win. Time to win. In. Tennessee did not win. Vanderbilt did. Shout out to Clark Lee for rebounding in a tough week after a terrible loss at home to East, East Tennessee State. They go on the road and win against Colorado State in surprising fashion. They trailed 14-0. Paul, you, you mentioned prior to the show, that was the point where they could have easily just thrown in the towel and said, you know what? Lost cause. Same old, same old. We, we saw this last week. Uh, ETSU was better than us last week. Colorado State's better as this week. They, they didn't do that. Now, I want to get to what Chad did in just a moment because he's the smart one of the group. But what did you think when you saw them come back? Yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal for them to win, but I did think it was a big deal for them to win coming, coming back and fighting back. And then <clears throat> they fought back from 14 down to go ahead. Then they got tied. And yep. then I thought they, they could also do the same thing. And they moved to a, to a field goal, drilled the field goal, won the game. Uh, I was particularly particularly impressed by Chris Pierce 
the wide receiver who made a couple very difficult catches, one that, that the play-by-play guys and, 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 the, and the analysts called incomplete because it was such a, a crazy catch reaching kind of around the defensive back with one hand. They called it incomplete like the play was over, and then they went, wait, no, that was a, a, a catch. Corey Javis does a great job, by the way. Uh, yeah. as, a, as, as the analyst. Yeah, uh, it, it was a good win for a team against the, the, its equal, if, if you will. Uh, I was driven crazy by what Chad's going to talk about oh. here, uh, which just uh, every time I flip back to it, I, I had to reset based on what I was looking at. So, Chad, you um, smartly flipped the FanDuel app on and did what whenever Vanderbilt was trailing 14 nothing. I took Vandy on the money line uh, because Colorado State was bad. Vandy's bad, too. I get that. But I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking, Vandy's going to figure this out at some point. And as long as they could weather the storm, they were going to win the game. And they did that. And I made some money uh, by doing that. I thought Ken Seals looked better. I like that they stuck with him yes. in the game. Um, that, that's done that last week. That's got to be the quarterback now moving forward. There's no doubt about it. He is the guy. Um, I, I, I really thought – it was a nice get-off-the-mat performance by, by Vanderbilt in this game. You look at, um, uh, Paul, you mentioned the uniforms, them looking like Miami. Yes, I had to is, reset is every crazy. single time. Why are they dressed like Miami? I know colors. You know, I don't know every single college in the country, but I, I know the Colorado State wears green. Well, it was well. They were wearing green. It was it was green. Anyway, that that was bad. Vanderbilt was wearing eggshell, uh, by the way, on their yeah, names and I, numbers. I didn't want to get into that. I marked it down as a primary complaint. Uh, <laughs> not a not a big fan of invisible ink as your names on the back of your uniform when you match uh, the color of the jersey with the names. Uh, Love Vandy's uniforms. Ridiculous decision with that. Primary complaint coming up on Wednesday. And Chad anyways, was trying to hold I've that. Got, I've got so many complaints <laughs> yeah. this week, though, that I'll probably save that one for another week because they're going to wear <laughs> that uniform shell. again at some point. Yeah, the eggshell name. <laughs> Look, nice win for Vandy getting off the mat. When they lost to ETSU, the immediate thought was, my God, this team may not win a game for a second straight year. Then you saw UConn on the schedule and thought, my God, UConn is even worse. They will win that game. But then this Colorado State game was always going to be an opportunity for a win. They were a Vegas underdog in this game. They went there. They fell behind 14-0, and they won the game. So kudos uh, to Clark Lee and Vanderbilt for that. I still don't know how Vandy's going to compete in games against actual opponents. Keep in mind, Colorado State, they dropped a pick six to start the second half. Their best player got injured early in the game. Their only playmaker was out the rest of the game, and Vandy won on a last-second field goal. You can't sneeze at any win right now if you're Vanderbilt, but I don't know what this says about them the rest of the way. We're going to talk Vols and Titans heavily in the next hour, but a quick preview, Chad. If they start Hendon Hooker, if they start Hendon Hooker Saturday, do they win the game against Pitt? And I know Ooh, that's a great question. I, I think they do. I think, I think they, they do, which is why it's surprising that Milton is listed as the starter right now in the unofficial depth chart for Saturday's game coming up. We got a lot to talk about with that game uh, coming up. I, I, I'll say this for tease this for later in the next hour. I, I, I'll say this for Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton. I watch both of those guys, and I fully understand why a coach would not, would not be hesitant to start either one. And I see, I, I see the leaning towards Joe Milton. Um, Joe Milton's got to complete wide open passes down the field. And there are times where his arm, when he's Must. throwing a, a five-yard out, looks great. 
and it's right on the money, and the timing is good. And then I saw Hendon Hooker a couple times uh, chuck the ball seven yards out of bounds when a guy's wide open. That I don't even know how you throw the ball where he did. Crazy. We will get into Tennessee and Pitt coming up in the next hour, but we kick off the hour with our thoughts and analysis and opinion on the Tennessee Titans and just how bad things went at Nissan Stadium against the Cardinals. Buckle up. A fast hour headed your way on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.